Hi, I'm Steve from The Rooted Podcast, and I hope you can join me every weekday for a five-minute or less devotional word study or insight into Scripture to add to your day. Welcome to Fruit Snacks. Hey everyone, in today's episode we're going to look at Psalm 2 and discuss a few interesting things that come out of it. I'm not going to take the time to read it here for the sake of brevity, but I would encourage you to go ahead and pause and do that yourself so that you have context. So picking up in the first few verses of Psalm 2, we see that the rulers of the earth and the the kings of the world are taking counsel together in rebellion against God. And what's very interesting is that in verse 4, we see God's response to the plans and the conspiracies to rebel against him. He laughs. He laughs at it because it's all going to come to nothing. Uh, and so what's what's interesting is that in addition to his response of, of laughing at the plans of these rulers, he goes a step further. And after laughing at their foolishness, he then becomes angry because of their decision to rebel. And it says in verse 5 that he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury. But what I find fascinating is what he says to them. So the Lord says, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill, and I will tell of the decree, the Lord has said to me, you are my son, today I have begotten you. And to this son of the Lord... God offers all the nations of the world, the very nations that are seeking to rebel against God, God is offering to this son as his inheritance, that he will give them to him. And the whole earth, in fact, will become his possession, and he will rule with a rod of iron. All these rebellious nations are going to be broken before him. And so therefore, in verse 10, they are warned to serve the Lord, to repent and to become submissive to him because he is the one who's going to rule when it's all said and done. Now, a traditional interpretation of this by the Jewish leaders would have been that the son spoken of in verse 7 would have referred either corporately to Israel as God's chosen nation as his begotten, which he created miraculously out of nothing from Abraham. Or, more specifically, this son could refer to the king of Israel. David wrote many of the Psalms, and so he is often thought of as one of the reference to that. Or really, any king that would be ruling at the time would be considered God's son. The problem is that interpretation breaks down when we compare it to other psalms. And we see that briefly in Psalm 110, which gets quoted throughout the New Testament. Specifically, Peter picks up on it in Acts chapter 2 when he is preaching to the Jews who have showed up in Jerusalem for Pentecost. And Paul makes reference to it in 1 Corinthians. The writer of Hebrews makes reference to it. So what's the big deal about Psalm 10? Well, in there we see a very similar passage, which says, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. This idea of 
the Lord giving his enemies and the nations into the hand of another. And it's a Psalm of David. And again, the interpretation, the standard interpretation of the day would have been, well, he's referring to David, the king. That's what That was what was going to happen. And Peter and Paul and the writer of Hebrews' point is it can't be referring to David or the king because if David were the recipient of the nations, of the enemies being his footstool, he would have wrote that the Lord says to me, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. But he doesn't say that. David instead refers to another person. The Lord said to my Lord, who is David's Lord, if not God himself? And so what we see when we tie these Psalms together is right here in Psalm 2, we have a reference, I think, to the Messiah, to someone who will ultimately come and take full and final control over the nations and rule forevermore. 